Welcome to the Walking on Eggshells with Dr. Tolu podcast. This is the podcast that helps parents and especially those caring for a child with a chronic health condition to balance supporting your child's mental health with maintaining your own emotional health. Hello there, this is Dr. Alugo from St. John Cap where I empower youth mental health by um, providing youth mental health education to parents, teachers, and caregivers. Remember, St. John Cap is on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and also on the Walking on Eggshells with Dr. Tolu podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing um, young athletes, youth athletes, and their mental health. And I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Sarah Pospos. I'm just going to read her bio and then get her to introduce herself. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Doc. So Dr. Sarah Pospos is a perinatal and sports psychiatrist and a former student athlete and also a TEDx speaker. She completed her psychiatry residency as a chief resident at UCLA Kern and has published extensively on burnout and depression at UCLA, UC San Diego, and UC Santa Barbara. She's devoted to helping others feel their best again by incorporating exercise, um, nutrition, sleep, stress, and time management, especially as a psychiatrist herself and a mom of two under two. Wow. <laughs> and using other sustainable lifestyle, lifestyle changes. She serves patients in the California area by telehealth. And for non-California residents, including those of us here in Canada, she has additional free resources at www.lifestyletelepsychiatry.com. I will put that later on. I'll um, show that on, on, on the screen. So don't be panicking about it just yet. Thank you so much, Dr. Postbos, for joining me. I really appreciate this. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Dr. Luzo. So I'm going to get you to just tell us a bit about yourself. I know I've read your bio, but I wanted you to introduce yourself in your own words. Yes, absolutely. So hi, everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Sarah Pospos. As Dr. Lugo mentioned, I'm a sports psychiatrist as well as perinatal psychiatrist. So a little backstory, <laughs> um, if I may, for that is... Um, because I'm right now a mom of two under two, so a new mom, I became curious because uh, during you know the the stage of life, I noticed that a lot of moms are experiencing you know um, difficult transition, burnout, perhaps feeling overwhelmed, learning about so many things at once regarding the baby and whatnot. So I thought, why not try to help? moms uh, and, uh, you know, combine the two together in terms of my psychiatry practices. Similar to sports psychiatrists, uh, I used to play sports back in the day, really, really back in the day. So similarly, I thought, why not put the two and two together, um, combine my passion into psychiatry and um, become a sports psychiatrist, essentially. And as Dr. Lugo mentioned, I'm based in California and I see patients uh, virtually um, through my telepsychiatry practice as well at Lifestyle Telepsychiatry. Wow, you are really busy with two kids under two and all of that put together. I think you've got so much on your plate. I don't know how you do it all. So I wanted you to kind of maybe take us through your experience as a student athlete with mental, I mean, in terms of exposure to mental health as a student athlete. And then your role as a sports psychiatrist, what have you seen in terms of athletes and their mental health? Yes, great question. And I just want to uh, preface as well, 
um, that this is just for educational purposes and not medical advice. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> in terms of um, what I've seen as a sports psychiatrist, so in, you know, in athletes, um, common problems, uh, if I may put it that way, is somewhat similar to, to others and non-athletes, uh, meaning uh, there's a lot of depression, there's a lot of anxiety, you know, there's a lot of burnout, um, insomnia issues, and whatnot. Uh, however, sometimes these issues could be very specific. So for example, um, choking, sports performance anxiety, um, burnout specifically related to their particular sports could also uh, arise. And um, because of that, I think it's very important to uh, whenever you can to get help or get connected with sports psychiatrists because one, the unique issues uh, might be different in terms of you know, uh, diagnosis or management, maybe not 100% different, but there is subtleties in that. Uh, and two, most sports psychiatrists uh, if I may generalize it, used to be student athletes as well. There's a lot of ex-student athletes or ex-athletes who become sports psychiatrists. So that way, you know, they can perhaps um, understand a little better the nuances of, of the sports or uh, of an athletes of what's going on in this world as well. Um, three, if you happen to need medications, there are subtle nuances uh, when selecting medications. For example, some medications might cause certain side effects, weight gain, sedation, um, you know, uh, dehydration, and things like that, that might be subtly different in athletes versus non-athletes. Or on the flip side of things, certain medications might be uh, prohibited in competition or you know throughout the years in certain sports so those nuances could really help um when seeking uh when getting connected with sports psychiatrists as well okay wow i mean thank you for really going broad that way i just still had a couple of you know questions you already touched on the common mental health challenges that we see in athletes you mentioned performance anxiety you mentioned depression you mentioned burnout are some commoner than others are some, of these, are some of the mental health disorders commoner in athletes and others? Ah, I see what you mean. Uh, so uh, in terms of athletes versus non-athletes? Yes. So in, in general, um, you know, most of them are same, meaning not higher in athletes, not lower in athletes, perhaps uh, almost equivalent, uh, except for, you know, certain conditions. For example, um, eating disorders in particular may be higher. Some studies suggest that it might be higher in athletes versus general population. Uh, with regards to depression, um, anxiety, for example, it's more or less equivalent. Uh, now, having said that, certain sports, there are studies that shows that certain sports could have a higher risk of, for example, depression versus other sports. Um, but in terms of athletes versus non-athletes, in general, it tends to be on the equivalent side. Okay. Are there particular strategies that athletes can use to manage their emotional health? That is a very great question. So in, I don't think it's uh, unique to athletes in particular, but uh, several evidence-based strategies could be very helpful in athletes. 
for example. Uh, number one is uh, mindfulness, right? Mindfulness meditation. So just trying to be mindful, trying to be present in the moment. Uh, it could not only help their mental health, so in terms of mood, uh, awareness, anxiety level, um, energy level, help with sleep and things like that, but also on the athletic performance side of things, it uh, might help with uh, being more present in the moment, right? In terms of concentration and just performance as well in general. Uh, the second thing that is, again, not unique to athletes, but could be particular, particularly helpful is visualization. Um, so, for example, especially for someone who is and who tend to have sports performance anxiety or kind of, um, you know, anticipation anxiety, it could be helpful to visualize um, your task. Right. So um, for particularly visualize, for example, if you're a gymnast, visualize how you're gonna perform in you know, uh, a certain competition, your routine, visualize it from the start, visualize things that might go wrong, visualize the crowd, you know, uh, things that might makes you anxious or nervous and things like that. And then troubleshoot in your mind and just uh, do it over and over again. So this visualization can help with the uh, cognitive and motor performance, and also on the mental health side of things, help lessen that anxiety, anticipation, anxiety, uh, improve awareness, and things of the likes. Number three, again, not unique to athletes, but very helpful in athletic as well, is uh, breathing. So deep breathing, um, intentional breathing, breathing with your diaphragm. I like to count also when I'm bre uh, doing breathing. So for me, I like to count six while I'm inhaling count a six while I'm pausing and then count a six while I'm exhaling and do it a couple of times. So what it does essentially is switching uh, our nervous system focus from the sympathetic to parasympathetic, right? Uh, and with that, it helps with a couple of things, including lowering anxiety level, lowering our heart rate, um, respiration rate, um, tension, mus muscle tension, and so forth. So it could help in the moment, um, in the middle of a game, for example, in the middle of a competition, um, on the big day, or you can also do it, you know, outside of that context. For example, when you're having trouble sleeping, when you're just trying to relax, uh, first thing in the morning, and things like that as well. Okay. Wow. So mindfulness, visualization, breathing exercises. I, I like I like those tips. Do you find that um, a lot of athletes, particularly who are pay, playing high, at a high level, really delay help seeking? Do they, do they, are, they, are there barriers to people seeking help for their mental health? Great question. So uh, stigma is, is unfortunately real, right? Uh, including mental health stigma. Um, you know, perhaps there are stigma that athletes have to be strong all the time, you know, um, mentally as well, right? Uh, perhaps if, if they um, admit it to being depressed, it's a sign of quote unquote weakness. Uh, so the stigma is always there. But uh, I would say that recently, more and more athletes, including pro athletes are uh, coming forward with uh, their own mental health struggles. So uh, we're seeing, you know, across the board, from the NFL, the NBAs, um, and so forth. Uh, so that hopefully uh, would continue to, to help with, with uh, lessen the stigma a little bit more. And we can see that athletes and, you know, in general, the, the public can seek help, uh, seek much needed help sooner so that they don't have to struggle uh, alone and be uh, you know in in much of a distress alone suffer alone essentially 
Yeah, and so apart from stigma, do you also find that um, because of the fear of, you know, medication, it's an impact on performance and particularly testing requirements that people are afraid to go on medication or to stay on medication? Is that a problem that you see a lot in your practice? That is, yes, a very good observation. So, uh, yes, definitely, Dr. Lugos, you know, some... um, if if they can, right? Some would like to stay off of medication or perhaps try to put off introducing medications uh, as much as possible. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, uh, in terms of, of psychiatry, for example, uh, in terms of depression or anxiety, um, if it's on the milder side of things, right? Milder symptoms, uh, we could go according to their preference, of course, we can try either just therapy, either just medications or a combination of both um, in the case of milder symptoms. Uh, But also uh, in those cases, I would uh, emphasize or highlight if they already tried other means, for example, if they already tried therapy for a year or if they already tried lifestyle tweaks, uh, you know, um, for a year and things are still not looking up, um, then perhaps it's a good time to just try to see if medication might be helpful in that sense. So to answer your question, yes, it, I do see those trends at times as well. So I, I know obviously, like we said at the beginning, this is not medical advice. We're not your physicians, but I've, I do see a lot of um, young people, particularly who are prescribed antidepressants, and they're afraid to stay on antidepressant because they're thinking it may affect um, the, the testing prior to prior to competitions. So I'm just wondering, is that a myth? Is that are those one of the medications that we should be concerned about that may affect um, test results, for example, before competitions? Yeah, great question. So it. It depends on the specific medications, right? Because um, each medication has their own um, side effects, potential side effects. So for example, um, a beta blocker, it's not, uh, we don't use it for uh, usually depression, but we might use it for uh, some sort of performance anxiety. In terms of affecting performance, because it helps with fine movement, right? It's sometimes also used for tremor. So it might affect uh, fine movement performance in a way that it is actually uh, considered prohibited in certain sports uh, that emphasize that fine movement component. So for example, archery, shooting, things like that. So that's a you know a long way winded way to say that it depends on each medication's potential side effects but uh you know uh just be mindful of those side effects potential side effects in relation to your particular sports and situation and regulation would be really helpful yeah, so it sounds like you really need to get a physician who knows about who knows what they're doing who is able to really give you advice on you know, the medication, the side effects, the metabolites and the rules for whatever sport you're participating in is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. So, um, do you, so I mean, I see sometimes you hear about, you hear parents just being so distressed because maybe their child is playing sports competitively but gets caught from a team or they're not getting enough playtime and then you know, the child is really down in themselves and just really struggling. What's, what kind of tips would you have for parents in that kind of a situation where they're trying to support a youth athlete who may or may not have mental health challenges? 
That is another great question. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be very difficult, uh, but I believe, um, you know, growth mindset is, is very important, especially during tough times, right? Including the, the situations perhaps that you mentioned earlier. Meaning it might be helpful to uh, support the athletes, of course, support the youth and, uh, you know, emphasize uh, the fact that their efforts in this case, right, is more than the quote unquote outcomes, so to speak. Uh, so perhaps emphasizing on how far they've become, uh, how consistent they've been with the practice, with all the works that they put in, uh, how they never give up, you know, how they work really hard to get to their goal versus, quote unquote, the outcome of being cut on the, uh, from the team, for example. So that way, hopefully, it'll, it'll um, help also with the athlete's identity, the athlete's mindset, because one of the things that I'm seeing um, in athletes and, 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 you know, especially young athletes, too, is uh, it's very important for them to have self-identity outside their sports, outside their identity as an athlete. Uh, that way, they could be more well-rounded and, you know, in times of challenges or trouble, they have other quote-unquote things to lean uh, lean back to, other things um, that they, uh, you know, that could build up their identity, their self-esteem, and doesn't fall as hard, so to speak. Right. So as parents, you should be encouraging them to have other interests apart from this particular sport that they're playing you know in competitively are there any tips for like coaches are there any tips for coaches for handling you know this kind of scenarios with an athlete who is struggling with their mental health perhaps for athlete uh so athletes who the coaches might suspect having uh, mental Mm -hmm. health struggles yes so uh well number one i would say uh try to continue to be supportive. Uh, number two, uh, to encourage them if you can to seek help, uh, so seek professional help. Usually the red, quote unquote, red flags that we're looking for in terms of when to seek professional helps are as follows. Number one, if the symptoms, whether it's anxiety, depression, burnout, um, things like this, uh, have created internal distress, severe distress in them. So if you've seen those kind of signs, those kind of, uh, you know, observation, or number two, if the symptoms have interfered, have um, interrupted or impaired their day-to-day function. So perhaps their grades, their um, relationships with family, with loved ones, with, uh, you know, uh, teachers, uh, coaches and stuff like that. perhaps you know their uh work if they're also working on the side their sports performance so if you see uh, either one of these red flags then it's time to uh seek professional help and you know your role as a coach could be to encourage them to uh, go that direction as well thank you so much those are great tips so i'm wondering um so where can we find you you mentioned your telepsychiatry.com um the, is that where people can go to for free resources or you know where, where is the best place to to find more information yes uh, so you can visit my website at lifestyletelepsychiatry.com you can also find me on instagram uh with the same handle lifestyletelepsychiatry.com and um you know i Actually, also, I'm very passionate about the topic perfectionism, which, uh, as as you probably can tell, 
athletes have a lot of issues on this, right? So if that's the case, please feel free to check out my TEDx talk as well. You can uh, just search Sarah Post Post on YouTube. Uh, and the title for that is Why Better is the Solution to Perfectionism. Wow. I'm looking, I'm going to go check that out as when I get off, the, <laughs> off this um, interview now. Well, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for joining us. So before I let you go, do you have any last word of advice for any young athletes who may be having challenges with their emotional health? Yes. So um, if for anyone listening, if you're in the middle of feeling depressed or, you know, feeling very anxious all the time, 24-7, perhaps having that dread of waiting of the other sheet to drop all of the time, which could be very exhausting, uh, feeling very burnt out. It could feel at times, especially if you're in the middle of all this, that there's no way out, that there is no light at the end of the tunnel, that you have no options. Uh, but I just want to assure you that help is just one click away, one email address uh, one email away and um you know you don't have to suffer alone uh please seek help and then um don't lose hope so uh if you're in california then you can contact me uh through my website lifestyletelepsychiatry.com if you're outside california please uh get in touch with your local psychiatrist if you're in the area please get in touch with dr alugo as well and that uh we can help you from there Great. Thank you so, so much. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been great, you know, doing this again. And I want to say a big thank you to you, Dr. Pospos, for this great session. I mean, I've learned so much and I'm sure my audience would really benefit a lot from your expertise and all the information that you've shared. Thanks a million. Thank you so much, Dr. Lugo. Thanks for having me and have a good rest of your day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Looking forward to having you join me on the next episode. Till then, don't forget to share this with your friends and neighbors and to follow me on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where I am known as St. John Cap. That is St. John Cap with a double P. See you soon.